I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, oh, buckle up. Boys and girls, the NFL Scouting Combine is underway in Indianapolis. Today is the day that NFL general managers and coaches are meeting with the media. Soundbite after soundbite, nugget after nugget. We are going to bring you up to speed on everything you need to know that's coming out of Indianapolis. Welcome to the show. Alongside Gabe Neitzel, my name is Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Big man out sick again today, feeling better from what we understand. Had him on the Zoom call earlier this morning, sounding pretty good. Could be back tomorrow, but until then, we go to one of our strongest arms out of the bullpen, Gabe Neitzel. We're stacked today. A lot of radio shows wake Ooh. up. They look around. What are we going to lead with? What are we going to talk about? We are stacked today, my friend. How you doing? So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited with all these general managers and coaches, some of the things they have to say in Indianapolis, just really setting the table for what the NFL offseason is going to look like. It's it's a good day if you're an NFL fan. Okay, so let's get right to work. Top of the draft, the Chicago Bears. They are the story. They control the draft. Will they stick with Justin Fields and trade the number one overall pick? Will they trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams number one overall? Or... Are there other options? Trading back for Drake May, trading back for Jaden Daniels. The list goes on and on and on. General manager Ryan Poles met with the media in Indianapolis a couple hours ago. lot to dissect. We're going to begin with this. When would Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears like to make a decision on the quarterback position? Take a listen. Tomorrow. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency? Or, or? I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I, mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking, um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. Bears traded away the number one pick at the Combine last year. Perhaps they're going to do it again this season if that's the decision. One thing I take away from that comment. They just got to Indianapolis. They want to meet with Caleb Williams, and then they want to figure out where they're going to go. Gabe, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm out over my skis, as we say around these parts. I don't think the option of trading back and drafting Drake May from UNC, trading back, drafting Jaden Daniels from LSU, J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, whatever it might be, I don't think that's on the table. I don't think in 24 to 48 hours' time you're going to show up in Indy, meet with Caleb Williams, meet with Drake May, meet with Jaden Daniels, meet with J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, sort it all out, discuss it with everyone, and then decide within 24 hours, okay, we've got our guy, we're trading Justin Fields. It feels like that might be a bit much. To me, it feels like it's we're going to meet with Caleb Williams, and then we're going to know, is it Caleb Williams or is it Justin Fields? Yeah, it really feels like a one or zero type of situation where it's going to be one or the other, right? It's either right. going to be Fields or it's going to be Caleb Williams. Zero-sum and- game. Correct. Because it doesn't seem like, to me, it seems like he's in a hurry to make this decision. Maybe that's the wrong phrasing. He wants to make this decision quickly. 
and you can't make this decision quickly if you're meeting with all those other quarterbacks. If you want to know before free agency, to me, it's one or the other, and it's are you going to trade the number one pick? Because once you trade out of there, then you don't have control of the draft anymore. Then you're at the whim of some other team who may trade up in front of you or do all these different things. So you either control the draft or you don't, and you're cool with what they have with Justin Fields. And the more I hear Poles talk, to me... It almost seems like he's leaning towards Fields and has to be blown away by whatever he hears from Caleb Williams. Wow. I've got to imagine, i got to imagine that most of your work in terms of looking at the tape, evaluating what he did in college, i got to imagine a lot of that work, maybe it's not 100% done, but it's got to be at least 75-80% done. You've known you had the number one pick for two months now. Quite a while. It took Carolina quite a while to win a game this season. And then after they won a game, I don't know if anyone remembers this, they didn't win a whole lot after that. They continued to stumble, right? It was a bit of a rough season. So that number one pick was was pretty assured. And when it wasn't assured early in the year, the Bears were losing every game. At one point, they held the top two picks in the draft as well as what ended up being, well, number nine. That would have ended up being number two. Neither here nor there. You feel that the Bears are leaning to fields and Williams needs to sell them. It just seems like to me, the more I hear Pulse talk today and some of the audio that came out of his press conference talking about, oh, I need to, you know, it needs to be a big haul for the number one pick. The fact that he's even talking about trading the number one pick. It's like one of those things, whenever you hear somebody talking about, oh, I might retire. Well, you might as well retire because you're already thinking about it. Right. If you're thinking about trading the number one overall pick, you might as well just trade it then. I mean, how do you how do you go into this process not knowing whether or not you're going to use that number one overall pick or just keep what you have? See, that's wild. I like the uh, I like the thought process there. I see it the other way. I, I, they have gone out of their way to not endorse Justin Fields. I have never seen a team go out of their way to show less support of their current starting quarterback than the Bears have with Fields. This entire process seems like it's been about when we get to meet Caleb. It will be consummated, and then we will finally know he is the guy. Because at every turn, if Fields is your guy, you'd think you'd endorse him. Or at least endorse him in a fake way to try to drum up the interest in the trade market. But every chance that they have had to talk about this, they have focused on this event, which is not about Justin Fields. This event is about Caleb Williams and all the other prospects coming out. So I have seen this from the beginning as... It's, it's Caleb Williams' job to lose. Maybe we meet with him. Maybe we don't like him at all. Maybe he rubs us the wrong way and we realize we're better sticking with Fields and all the conversations we've had aren't wowing us. Because I think part of this is we'd like to know as soon as possible, meaning get your best offers in soon. Here in Connecticut, looking to buy a house, anybody who goes and sees a house, you find out very quickly that they let you know, yeah, you got about three days. All best offers within three days. That's what the market's like here. It feels like that's what Polls is doing with everyone. Best offers in the next few days. It's it's an incredibly tough high wire act. I got to imagine if you're Ryan Poles because you're trying to keep you're trying to keep keep interest up in Justin Fields in case you trade him. You're trying to keep interest up in that number one pick in case you decide to trade that. So he's trying to walk the the narrowest of lines to try to make sure he's not tipping his hand, and it's almost impossible not to do that because I mean, if teams are going to be certainly interested in the number one overall pick, I don't know how many teams are going to be interested in Justin Fields at this point. I'm sure there would be some takers willing to take a flyer on a you know, former number one overall, or not a number one overall, but a number one first round pick, right? So I, I just don't see them 
going into this and be like, well, we've only heard a couple of offers, but I'm still, the, the phone's still open. We'll still take phone calls. It's just going to take a really good offer. It seems like to me he doesn't want that number one pick. He wants a bunch of other picks to try to build around Justin Fields and everything else that they have, especially defensively right now in Chicago. All right. Gabe Neitzel, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's operate under the assumption that Williams is the guy. Let's say that they're going to sit down with them, they're going to be wowed, and they decide we are going to stick at number one. We're going to draft USC quarterback Caleb Williams. Then it turns out we're going to have to trade Justin Fields. Polls on a timeline for the future of Justin Fields. Take a listen. If we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, No one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move. Um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Do right by Justin Fields feels like a load of crap. Like, what, what does that mean? Oh, yeah. Does that mean you're going to bring him in and say, look, we're moving on from you, but we want to do right by you. Why don't you tell us where you want to play? And, and we'll, we'll take less so we can accommodate you. Doesn't feel like that's going to be the process here. No, that's just that's somebody who, by, by all accounts, taking all the football stuff out of it, Justin Fields seemed, seems to be very much liked by his teammates, probably by the front office as well. So it's something you say because you like the guy, but ultimately, you're doing best by you. Like, if you were doing best by Justin Fields, you'd already have a decision. And you'd say, hey, Justin, I know you want to be in Chicago. We want you in Chicago. You're staying here. But that's just not how any of this works. So it, it's a situation where if they decide that Caleb Williams is the guy, they're going to sell off Justin Fields to the highest bidder, and they're going to want to do it, I think, before free agency because there are guys like Kirk Cousins out there that could take a suitor off the board once free agency opens. So that's why, to me, there's a bit of a timeline on this because if you trade Justin Fields, you want to do it before everybody else has an opportunity to legally talk to Kirk Cousins and his free agency. You can get out ahead of that and get a little bit more for Fields. That's an excellent point because if you sit around on your hands trying to extract every last piece of leverage you may have and Cousins hits the market and goes to Atlanta and Russell Wilson goes to Pittsburgh because the Steelers can't wait around any longer. Suddenly you're taking, like you said, the biggest options off the board and then boom, like that, the market starts to dry up. You got to figure of all the options out there, where would you rank Fields? He's probably the top prospect, right? You kind of know what you have in everybody else. Fields is that overly athletic quarterback who just didn't have a good system around him in Chicago, maybe the ceiling's a lot higher than we realize. Because we know what Cousins' ceiling is. We probably know where Russell Wilson's ceiling is at this point. Fields is the one true wild card here. Yeah, and especially with Cousins coming off of an Achilles injury, who knows when he's going to be ready to play. So to me, again, Fields would be if I am the Falcons and I am the Steelers and I realize, okay, I can't trade into one of the top three quarterbacks. I'm not crazy about, you know, the J.G. McCarthy's, Bo Nix's, and, and Michael Penix Jr.'s of the world. All right, let's, let's take a gamble. Let's go ahead and roll the dice on Justin Fields. I'd rather roll the dice on Fields versus Cousins or Russ Wilson. Great start. This is going to be a fantastic show today. Coaches, general managers, At the scouting combine in Indianapolis, meeting with the media, speaking. We as radio personalities are sitting down. We're diving deep into the psychology of everything that is said. We are wildly speculating on all of it. Not really. We're just discussing it. We're having a great time because it's football, and we all love football. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fornball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. The Bears, believe it or not, not the only major market team that may need to make a decision at the quarterback position. Wait until you hear who else could be moving up for a quarterback. That's next. ESPN Radio, including Sirius XM, Channel 80. 
This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I believe this is a real possibility. I'd like to see the New York Giants make an aggressive move up to number three, trading with New England and taking Drake May. Who does Drake May remind you at least a little bit of? Josh Allen? Could Brian Dayball find his next Allen here? I think they're stuck with Daniel Jones. I don't think they're going to be able to to do anything at quarterback. I think they've kind of made their bed with him. I like Daniel Jones. I mean, everybody likes the the unknown better than what we know because they feel, oh, we know Daniel Jones isn't that good. Daniel Jones two years ago was pretty doggone good. These are the days you live for in Sports Talk Radio. These are the days you live for. NFL scouting combine underway in Indianapolis. Coaches, GMs meeting with the media. Soundbite after soundbite after soundbite. Discussion after discussion after discussion on so many key players from the upcoming NFL draft prospects to free agents to be. Joe Fornball, Gabe Neitzel, Carlin versus Joe here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Jordan Renan covers the Giants for ESPN. He was on SportsCenter yesterday addressing what Big Blue might do at the quarterback position this offseason. Take a listen. You have Daniel Jones now, three years, three injuries, right? Two pretty serious neck injuries, and then he tore his ACL this year. He's still rehabbing from that. So when you're looking at it from the Giants' perspective, Our general manager, Joe Shane, and coach Brian Dable willing to risk their professional careers with a quarterback with that injury history. The Giants have the number six overall pick and two second rounders. They picked up one in the Leonard Williams trade midseason last year. They can use those to potentially look at quarterback. I've been told by multiple sources that the Giants, if the situation presents itself correctly, the Giants would be at least seriously willing to look at the quarterback position. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Throw another hat in the ring. Let's go. Now, on top of that, Giants general manager Joe Shane met with the media in Indianapolis today discussing what is the right decision for the New York Giants at number six overall. Yeah, it's a good quarterback draft. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not just at the top. There's some guys that are mid-levels that I think will be good number twos. There's some guys that, you know, can be number threes in the draft. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's a solid draft all over. So here we go. 
Jordan's reporting that if the right situation presents itself, the Giants could get aggressive, they could trade up, they could look to add a quarterback, possibly signaling the end of the Daniel Jones era. Joe Shane talking about how it's a deep quarterback class. Gabe Neitzel, what say you? What do you think the right decision for Big Blue is here? It would make a lot of sense if they wanted to get aggressive. Maybe if, indeed, Chicago decides that they want out and they don't want that number one overall pick. Because when you take a look at the top three, to me, it's, okay, Chicago's iffy right now. Washington, no matter what, is drafting a quarterback. In fact, everybody's throwing out scenarios of, all right, what if they draft up, what if they move up to number one to make sure that they can get Caleb Williams because of all the different connections that you can make there. New England's a little more iffy, but they have, to me, almost have to take a quarterback. You're sitting there at number three. When are you going to be that high again with the potential of, you know, I don't know what next year's draft class holds. This year's draft class, as we just heard Joe Shane say, is a good quarterback draft class. You're going to have a swing at a draft. May or Jaden Daniels if you have that opportunity at three. So if you're the Giants, there might not be the opportunity to move up. But if you like a J.J. McCarthy, it makes a lot of sense to me to bring in J.J. McCarthy. He's going to turn, you know, 21 here before or just turn 21. So he's only 21 years old. Give him a half season, full season to sit behind Daniel Jones. And then next year, when you can get out from underneath that Daniel Jones contract, it becomes J.J. McCarthy's team. If that's the route you want to go or Bo Nix or Michael Penix Jr., whoever you want, you can ease that quarterback into the situation because you have Daniel Jones. But then you can move on and have a new QB1 New York if you draft one at number six. It's not a bad approach because it could work in a myriad of ways for you. Number one, Jones is served up as the bulletproof shield, right? Based mm-hmm. on the contract, we got one more year with you. So why don't we draft a quarterback and we go ahead and we say to everyone, look, we don't need to rush this kid out there. This kid can take his time. Not so much like Jordan Love in Green Bay, but we're not going to put you out there in week one. Learn the system. Let us work through free agency. Let us work through the draft. Let us try to build this thing up. Let us coach some guys up. Daniel Jones can go out there. He can play. He can do his thing. And then as we get near the end of the season, we'll turn it over to you so you get some experience under your belt. And then next year, you hit the ground running. That's a good way to bring along a young quarterback. It's a good way, especially in the city of New York. They won't have the media breathing down the kid's neck right away. Option number two within that same scenario, Jones plays really well. And you realize, you know what? Two of the three years that Daniel Jones has been in the Brian Dable system, he's performed quite well. Maybe he's our guy. Maybe now we need to look at trading away the quarterback we just selected. Maybe that's the scenario we're faced with. It could be far-fetched. It could be ridiculous, but whatever. You're trying to hit on the quarterback position. If you put Daniel Jones on notice and he plays really well, that's a good situation to be in. I think, especially when you find yourself in the top five, and if it's a deep quarterback draft, I think you're going to see more and more teams looking into that. I think more and more teams, because the quarterback is the most important position. Every NFL team out there we know is trying to find a quarterback so they can pay him and that can be the guy that can lead you to the promised land because you're not going to win a Super Bowl without high-level quarterback play. It's just not going to happen in the NFL in 2024. So why not give yourself multiple options at that position? Yeah, you signed Daniel Jones, but you've got a little bit of wiggle room. You find yourself in the top six. Maybe you trade up, go get one of those really good ones at the top of the draft. It just makes too much sense to try to figure out that position and then figure out everything else you got going on, whether or not you want to have Saquon Barkley for Daniel Jones or whoever the new quarterback is, figure out the offensive line, offensive weapons on the outside, because none of that really matters unless you have the quarterback that can take advantage of all those weapons. What do we think is happening with Jones? Do we think they think he's done? 
You look at him, he's been in the league five years. I don't know if anyone realizes that. It's not like this is year two or year three like Justin Fields and we're trying to figure some things out. I mean, we got quarterbacks we're ready to throw the talent who have played barely two seasons. Look at Pittsburgh and Kenny Pickett. Meanwhile, here's Daniel Jones, five seasons in, 60 career appearances, 59 career starts. I understand the first three years we're not in the Brian Dable system, and the last two years were, but he played 22 games over the last two seasons, completed 67% of his passes, which is solid, but 17 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. I mean, I think, do we know everything we need to know about Daniel Jones at this point, or is there still more to discover? The injury concern is certainly one you have to factor in, because that's a concern with Fields, and this is a guy in Jones who three of the last four seasons, like Renan said, has suffered some serious injuries that have hurt his ability to get on the field. Well, plus, part of the attraction for Daniel Jones, because you, you just listed off his passing numbers, the completion percentage is fine, but for that many games to have that few touchdown passes, that's not elite-level quarterback play. Part of the attraction of Daniel Jones is his athleticism, his ability to run the football. When he played well two years ago, he had seven rushing touchdowns. So now, how much did the ACL injury affect that athleticism? affect his ability to be able to extend plays and then tuck the ball and run it down the field because that is a part of the attraction of Daniel Jones, who was a part of the attraction of why the Giants gave him the four-year, $160 million deal. So, to me, I think we know everything we know about him. I think he's probably reached his ceiling at this point. I don't see him being a consistent 4,000-yard passer with 30 touchdowns every year. I don't see that out of him. And if you can't be that type of guy... Then you just got to move on. And we're seeing also, by the way, not only are teams willing to move on at a record pace from young quarterbacks, they're willing to move on from quarterbacks they've signed, yeah. as we've seen potentially in Denver, as we've seen in Green Bay, as we've seen all these guys who've signed massive deals. Teams are like, yeah, we'll just eat the money. We don't care. We'll figure it out. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Giants talking about the possibility of trading up if the right situation presents itself. What's the right situation? Is it as aggressive as a good opportunity to move up to one with the Chicago Bears? Washington seems like they're drafting two, like you said, to grab a quarterback if they don't go to one. So that would leave the Patriots at three. Is it possible the Patriots ride it out with Mac Jones and would be willing to deal with the Giants? The team that ended the quest for 19-0? (laughs) You can't allow it to happen. It was just 18 years ago. Or whatever it was. How in the world are you the Patriots at number three and don't take a quarterback? I just don't understand how you trade out of the spot. A lot of, there are people that are pushing the don't give up on Mac Jones just yet narrative. And it's, hey. it's surprising to me, but there are people that are saying, see what it's like without Belichick, get the kids some weapons, maybe draft Marvin Harrison at number three, and see what ends up happening. But, I mean, I guess the last two years of Mac Jones, I, I haven't seen anything to go, oh, yeah, he's the guy. Like getting con- consistently benched for Bailey Zappi, probably not going to be the answer if you're if, if you're New England with Mac Jones. And the leadership appears to be an issue too. It's not like he's regarded as this great leader behind the scenes. You don't really hear positive things. I'm not saying you hear a lot of negative stuff. You do see some pouting and whining on the sidelines when it's not going his way. Yeah, it just it you ideally, even if you trade out a number three. I mean, you're not going to be back in the top five. At least you don't think you're going to be back in the top five. So you have an opportunity. You're unsure about your quarterback. Get somebody else. Again, maybe Mac Jones starts, and maybe he's fantastic. 
And then you've got two good quarterbacks, and that's a really good problem to have, and you can figure that one out. News is flying fast. It's flying furiously out of the scouting combine in Indianapolis. Coaches are speaking. General managers are speaking. We are staying on top of all the updates regarding the quarterback carousel and everything in between. What are the Broncos going to do with Russell Wilson? Head coach Sean Payton has addressed that topic, and you're going to hear what he said next. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You may not see Russell Wilson's name out there for you know another few weeks. And I would just say that there might be some interest, but it's not going to be at the level that teams once were interested. There's been this narrative as if this guy doesn't have a place in the NFL. He may not be a starter for the next five years for the same team, but currently he is a starting quarterback in the league. There are places around the NFL where there are teams that might not be in within striking distance of the top three quarterbacks in this year's draft class that would consider a veteran option on the cheap like Russ. Terry Fontenot, Falcons general manager, set to join us live from the Combine in Indianapolis. That is coming up in about 15 minutes or so, 13 minutes, 12.45 p.m. Eastern. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alongside Gabe Neitzel, I'm Joe Fortenball. Sean Payton, head coach of the Denver Broncos in Indianapolis, meeting with the media. Topic of conversation, quarterback Russell Wilson the future of the Denver Broncos franchise and what it means for the quarterback position. Take a listen. I expect that we're going to know fairly quickly. I said it's the Super Bowl, but I think more specifically, I think uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood next week, we're, we're going to, there's a couple factors here. You know, obviously the cap projections came out. We're further down the road with the draft class, obviously the pro free agents. I would anticipate it being, uh, you know, within the next two weeks. The question was, Finding the right solution to quarterback in, uh, in in this league, which is obviously very competitive in our division, I think it's vital. I saw this like humorous meme the other day where there was a, a Bronco fan with a shirt on, and there was like eight quarterbacks' names with a cross through it, you know, and and he's drinking the quarterback Kool Aid, and I, 
you know, our, our job is to make sure that this next one, you know, doesn't have a line through it. All right, Gabe Neitzel. So here we go. It doesn't necessarily sound like Russell Wilson's coming back. They didn't do anything there to make mention of we like Russ. We're still sorting through the process. That sounds like a coach and an organization that knows they're moving forward. The question just becomes, what's the direction? Is it free agency or is it the draft? Yeah, what are we talking about next two weeks? I think, I mean, (laughs) two minutes later, you kind of answered your own question there, Sean. You're talking about the next one. Hey, the next one on that list we got to make sure is a good one. With with the Broncos, they're in an interesting spot because I don't know, again, they're, they're not really in a great position to go get one of those top quarterbacks. Are they okay taking a flyer on a Bo Nix or hoping that J.J. McCarthy falls to them or Michael Penix Jr.? Or do they become interested in Kirk Cousins? Like They, they have a lot of different ways that they can go with this, but it, it's very clear to me Russell Wilson's not going to be in Denver next year. I don't even know why we're playing that game at the Combine today. Just come out and say, yeah, Russ ain't going to be the guy. Yeah, I, I, I think there was a lot of evidence throughout the course of the year <laughs> that points to the fact that that's not a marriage made in heaven. This decision is a monster for Sean Payton. And some people driving around right now will think, here we go with the hyperbole. No hyperbole here. Sean Payton's legacy is on the line. All right? We remember him as the guy who won a Super Bowl in New Orleans. He had Drew Brees. They had a world of success for more than a decade. That team was phenomenal. But Sean Payton's not in New Orleans anymore. He's in Denver. And when he stepped away from New Orleans, there was all this speculation as to when he would come back, who it would be with, how much he would get, because he's such a phenomenal head coach, he'd immediately transform an organization. Well, he chose the Denver Broncos, and he chose the Russell Wilson situation. And last year, when he took that job, right around this time, he talked about how Nathaniel Hackett and the previous coaching staff essentially couldn't have screwed up worse. Bad offense, bad system, didn't do any of the things meant to highlight what Russ does well. Hackett went under the bus. If you remember, Aaron Rodgers defended him. The Broncos and the Jets had a big game on the schedule that everyone circled. Rodgers got hurt. The game kind of fell to the wayside. But the bottom line is, he came in and put Russ's struggles on Hackett. And then Russ continued to struggle. And then Peyton and Russ were going at it throughout the course of the year. It turned ugly, and now they're moving on. Sean Payton is in that B-level situation that Bill Belichick's in right now. Was it Tom Brady? Was it Drew Brees? Or was it you? Because now you're going to bring your guy in, and this is going to be your second crack at a quarterback in Denver, and if this one doesn't work out, it's really going to take a lot of shine off what Payton did in New Orleans, much like the way everyone's looking at New England now and saying, yeah, that was Brady. Belichick's a great coach, but that was more Brady than Belichick. It's funny the way we talk about Sean Payton when his resume, I mean, Mike McCarthy probably has a better resume at this point. But Mike McCarthy, we talk about as the, oh man, this guy can't manage his timeouts, he can't do all this. And, and yet at the same time, Sean Payton is looked at as this genius. So I'm with you. If he does, if they do not get this quarterback situation right in Denver and they continue to be this middling team that finishes below 500, and look, it's going to be tough in that division if you assume that the Chargers now have things right with their head coach and you already have the juggernaut that is the Chiefs ahead of you, it's going to be tough. You have to nail the quarterback selection, whether it's a veteran, whether it's a rookie this year. There's a lot on the line for this Broncos team, even though they're flying under the radar because of the division they play in and the team that's on top of it. It is fascinating that he put Hackett and all those people under the bus for Russell Wilson struggles and then Russ struggled and was eventually benched 
in a situation by the same coach who blamed other people. And now it's, well, it was the previous regime and all that. Now we're going to get our guy. We'll see. We're all going to be watching. It's going to be a fascinating story. We know the Falcons will be making a move at quarterback. They told us as much this morning at the NFL Combine. So what direction will they go? General Manager Terry Fontenot tells us next. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, including the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Raheem Morris was my last defensive back coach. He's just an awesome man, but an amazing X and no coach. Understands how to relate with players. I think this is a slam dunk for the Atlanta Falcons. Now it's time to go out and get him a quarterback, and I think he's going to be extremely successful and a perfect fit for the city and the team. If we go find that guy in whatever avenue it is and add it with this young roster and this young team and this hungry team, really this hungry community and this hungry state, right? It, 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 it's this hungry city. It's going to be special. Huge day out of Indianapolis, Indiana, as the scouting combine is underway. Coaches, general managers meeting with the media. We've already discussed the Bears at number one and their quarterback situation. The Giants at number, where are they sitting, Gabe? Seven? Six, six, six. seven? They're sitting at six. We've talked about their quarterback situation. We've talked about the Broncos, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, so it's time naturally to get into the Atlanta Falcons at number eight and their situation. Do they trade up? Do they sit tight and hope a quarterback falls to them? Do they go make a play in free agency? We are efforting general manager Terry Fontenot, who could be joining the program. If we have the conversation with Fontenot, for those who don't know, he is not allowed to speak directly by name regarding prospects, people like Justin Fields who are currently employed by other NFL teams. That's just a rule. So if you're thinking to yourself, how come you're not directly asking about Fields? That's why. And speaking of which, we have him on the phone right now, general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, Terry Fontenot, joining us. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Terry, we appreciate the time. We know you're busy in Indianapolis. Let's start with this. As always, how's the shrimp cocktail? Have you had any yet? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's up, Chris and Gabe? I, I actually I haven't had the the term cocktail yet. It it starts so fast here. We, we land and we start having meetings with agents, and then we're meeting with players until about eleven o'clock last night. So no, I haven't 
hadn't had a chance to have any dinner. It's been kind of eating on the go. We're hoping you're going to get there. We're confident you're going to get there. <laughs> but until then, we might as well talk a little football with you. You know, this is your fourth offseason with the Atlanta Falcons as the team's general manager. What have you learned over the last three offseasons that you can kind of take and apply to what you guys are going through right now? Yeah, man, so much, man. I, I can go through really every year is so different and you learn so much as you go through this process. And it's, it's funny because you learn so much, but it still comes down to the same things that hey, you better focus on your culture, make sure you have the right people, whether you're talking about the staff, whether you're talking about coaches or players, make sure you have the right types of people and add a lot of good football players and winning as many games as possible, man. It, it, it all comes down to that. Terry, your new head coach and Raheem Morris stepped up to the podium today and said that if we had better quarterback play, I would not be standing here at this podium. So we know that you're probably looking to upgrade that quarterback position this offseason. Where do you stand right now in your evaluation of that position? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really exciting because we have some really good people in the building that we're going through that process with, talking about uh, starting with Raheem Morris and, and, and Zach Robinson and TJ Yates and Ken Zampezi and DJ Williams and Kyle Smith and the entire personnel staff. And we're right in the midst of it. And we're keeping all the doors open. We're evaluating every possible free agent, um, every possible trade, and we're evaluating the draft as well. And you need to do all those things simultaneous because as you lay out a plan, it's going to affect other areas and things that you're doing. So we're wide open. We're right in the midst of it. And the cool thing is, is there are a lot of really good options uh, available, guys that fit the culture and guys that are, are really talented players. And obviously, like you guys laid out before, and I appreciate you doing that. You can't talk about specifics. It's illegal to do that. But we're very excited um, about the possibilities. We're professionals around these parts. No screwing around. This is a really buttoned-up radio show that you're lucky enough to join today, so you're welcome for I that. I am, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot, kind enough to spend some of his time. Carlin versus Joe here on ESPN Radio. We've been talking about a lot about the top three quarterbacks in the draft, at least in the eyes of some. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, uh, J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan is gaining a lot of interest. You guys are picking at eight. Have you had any conversations to this point with any of the teams in the top three about a potential move? Well, look, I haven't been – I won't be specific about the conversations, but I'll say this. We could we could move up. Uh, we could also move back when, when you think about the, the, the different um, scenarios that you go through. And, and you, you want to have conversations with teams about moving up and have, again, the conversations about moving back and – and, and, and as you really play that out, that, that's important um, to do that. And so you can really, when you're looking at the options, okay, what's the cost? Okay, with this player, what's going to be the cost associated? And then, again, if we decide to move back, what can we get? What more can we get? Because it's about getting the quarterback position right, which we will. And it's also about being able to continue to build up your roster because whoever that quarterback is, you want to make sure he's got weapons. And, and when you go through and look at teams – that teams that go real far, they also play pretty damn good defense too. So we need to continue to build up our entire team. And so sometimes that could be moving back and adding more, or it could be going up to get a guy. So uh, to answer your question, yes, we'll have all those conversations. So when you're having those conversations trying to figure out what it would take, when you look at last year's draft, you guys were at eight. Last year the Panthers went from nine to number one. If a team is willing to do that, is that kind of the blueprint that Panthers-Bears deal from a year ago but to, to potentially move up do you use that as a blueprint 
Well, you, you can you can use that as a blueprint. You, you really look at we have a really good analytics department, and we look at all the history. So we'll look at that specific trade, and we'll look at all the other trades. Um, uh, again, whether you're talking about moving up or back, you, you want to look at the history and um, talk to those teams. And you, you it, when it really comes down to it, you can look at the points and making sure that the trade's even in all those areas, and you can look at the history of it. But it comes down to you being convicted on a particular player and making sure that, that that you feel good about whether you're going up, whether you're going back, no different than making an investment in free agency or trading for a player. You want to make sure you're convicted on that player and you feel about good about that player because if the player ends up being really good and you win a lot of games and you have a sustained winner, you're winning championships, nobody's going back and looking at exactly what we gave up. It really doesn't matter. It's obsolete at that point. So it's, you're going to go through that process, look at the history, like you're saying, look at the trade chart, look at all those things. At the end of the day, make sure that you're convicted on what you're doing because that's what ultimately matters. No, it's a great point. No one ever looks back and says, what did the Chiefs give up to move up for Mahomes? Anyone remember the picks they gave doesn't up matter, for Mahomes? Right. Nobody who, who, who cares. Who not give up? Right? right. It doesn't matter. Could have been everybody. <laughs> now, when you look back yes. at what Ditka gave up to move up for Ricky Williams, that's a different conversation that we all have. But a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different. But that was the running back position. Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot joining us here, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. You know, speaking of New Orleans, you were in New Orleans for many years, including when the team went out and was able to acquire Drew Brees in free agency. How much can you use an experience like that when you're going through this process now evaluating the free agent market? Yeah, that, that's a great point. And um, I, I was there going through that process. And and what it comes down to, if you look at a player like Drew, what it came down to with him is it was his makeup, right? Because he's he was coming off a, a serious injury and he uh, there were questions regarding that. And then now he's but at the end of the day, the reason he was able to come back from the injury, the reason he was able to have all the success in New Orleans at different points, is because of his makeup and, and who he truly is and how he's wired and, and the mindset and the mentality. And that's what it comes down to with really every position, but more so it's magnified at quarterback, right? You're, everyone's looking at you. You're, you're really the face of that team and that organization. And so all the there's so much pressure, so you better have the right mindset and makeup. And that's what – Drew had, and so, um, and I'm sure you can go through a lot of players that have had success from different avenues, however they got there, but it comes down to that makeup, so you better make sure you hit that. Terry, you guys seem to have had an extensive process to figure out who your next head coach is going to be, and you landed on Raheem Morris as your guy, but you did meet with Bill Belichick during that process. Can you just talk us and, and take us through that process and what it's like meeting with a guy who has a resume like that? Because I mean, it's fascinating to me that the last time that man had an interview for a job, like we weren't sure if Y2K was going to be taking on all the computers in the country. So it's, <laughs> it was a while since he had an interview. What was that whole process like? Yeah, it, it was it was a really cool, and and we did we went through an extensive, thorough process. And our owner, I know he addressed, um, and in Vegas because a lot of times you get narratives start running wild, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I thought Arthur Blank uh, did a really good job. He was very clear with the process we went through and how uh, collaborative Bill was throughout that process. And and I personally uh, appreciate going through that with Bill and um, obviously he's one of the best to ever do it. And then there's a lot of other people that we're able to 
um, talked with that made a lot of sense. And we ended up with Raheem that we're very excited about um, the decision we made there. And that's been an outstanding process, but it's, we went through it um, with Bill and a lot of other people. And you have to, if you love ball and you're passionate about what you do, you can't help but appreciate spending the time and gather um, you're learning a lot when you talk to people. You want to learn from whoever you do. It can be a, a young coordinator that you're learning a lot from or, again, someone like Coach Belichick with all his experience. So you definitely take advantage of uh, those moments. You don't take them for granted. And um, it was an excellent process, and we're very excited about the result. He's very busy right now, so we are extremely gracious for his time. Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot from the Combine in Indianapolis here on Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio. Terry, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck in Indy. Travel safe. We hope you guys have a tremendous offseason. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. We'll see you soon. Terry Fontenot, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have to sort through all that, Neitzel. We are going to have to sort through all of that to see if he slipped up anywhere. That was a buttoned-up interview. Buttoned up. He was ready to go. I mean, he, you know, we wanted to ask him about trading up. He's like, well, maybe we trade back, too. And, and which He makes wanted sense. us off the scent. I, could, I yes. could pick that up right away. He's like, what about trading back? I'm like, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> Are the Falcons going back? Triple H, say ESPN. <laughs> but, I mean, you do want to be ready for all those situations because while you're sitting there at home waiting for those picks and 10 minutes seems like a long time between names, I got to imagine that 10 minutes flies by quickly as you're trying to make a decision of, do we trade up? Or somebody calls you as you're trying to make the pick. Oh, do we trade back? Is this good enough? Have we even thought about this? So I guess you do have to be prepared for every situation as as you hit that 10-minute countdown timer. You have to have an organizational philosophy, and then you have to have dry runs on every possible scenario. You cannot be the guy who's had eight beers in the fantasy draft. It comes up to your picket number nine. The entire time you're there, you're thinking you're going to get Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill goes eight, and then all of a sudden you puke all over yourself because you have no backup plan. You tell everyone, stop the clock. I need an extra minute. Let me try to figure this out. No, you don't get an extra minute. Clock's winding down. The show goes on. You got to be prepared for all that. Unlike Minnesota that one year who just inexplicably (laughs) just completely (laughs) missed the pick. And then teams are ready. Then teams are flying in trying Everyone's to hand those draft cards. The only time in history that they immediately announce the pick. <laughs> He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fornball. Well, Terry Fontenot can't address the rumors of Justin Fields to Atlanta. But guess what? We can. So is Justin Fields going to Atlanta? That's next. Carlin versus Joe right here on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.